I don't know about you, um, but Christmas, I get really excited about Christmas, and I don't do what I used to do. I used to deck the outside of my house with lights, and I love Christmas lights. Christmas lights are amazing, and they're awesome, and you get a strand of lights, and you start putting them around your house. You get them out, and then as you're putting them on, or maybe as you're checking them, you begin to realize that something is wrong with your strand of lights, right? There are simply two types of light bulbs on a strand of lights, aren't there? There are bulbs that work, and then, by gosh, by golly, right? There are lights that don't work, and it's irritating, and it's frustrating. And you're like, why can't these work? Because now I have to actually go, and I have to check each bulb, and I have to see which one of these lights is not working. Which one of these lights is causing the rest of these to be out. You know, we all have a tendency to, and I'm actually checking the bulbs as I'm talking to you, because one of these bulbs is out of place. As soon as I find that bulb that's out of place, we'll get it fixed. But it's frustrating, isn't it? It's, it's like, I want, I want things to work, and they don't work. And there are two types of bulbs. There are two types, there it is, but when it does, it's relief, right? And you check every bulb, and all of a sudden, oh, wait a minute. You know what? There was nothing wrong with the bulb. It just was unplugged. And because it's unplugged, it can't shine like it's designed to shine. And because it's not plugged in and shining like it's supposed to, there are other bulbs all around it that are what? Not shining you see, this bulb is a catalyst for all of the other bulbs around it being able to shine. And this morning, as we finish out our Christmas story, going through Luke chapter 2, we're going to see that there are a group of people, namely shepherds, that were this. But when they plugged in, they became this. They became this. And so, I'm just going to leave this up here as a reminder for us, as I go through this message, that there are some of us who just aren't as plugged in. There are some of us that just aren't as plugged in. There are some of us that are completely plugged in, and some of us, not so much. In Luke chapter 2, verses 15 through 20, let's read it together. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And so 
here are the shepherds. The, the angels have shown, and we, and we talked about that last week. And the angels said, go. go. Go tell people about this baby that's been born. Go out there and share about Jesus. Who did God pick as the first one to shine the light of Jesus? Shepherds. He didn't pick the kings. He didn't pick the military. He didn't pick rich people. He didn't pick the, you know, if I'm going to use like a really old term, and I mean old, I mean like before I was born. He didn't pick the jet set, right? He didn't pick the cool people to go tell about Jesus. He picked the shepherds. Now, if you're not familiar with shepherds, shepherds were the outcast of society. They were the ones that they didn't talk much. Most people didn't want anything to do with shepherds. In fact, shepherds weren't even allowed to testify in court because they were deemed untrustworthy, and yet they could be trusted with the sheep, right? It's kind of weird, but they weren't allowed to testify in court. They were rarely invited to parties. In fact, it was pretty typical that a shepherd, because I'm already an outcast and it doesn't matter, if I'm at a party and I see something, I'll just take it. Shepherds would just take stuff, literally. They would just go into the city and just take whatever they wanted because they were already outcasts. What are you going to do? I mean, nobody wants me. Nobody likes me anyway. So I'm just going to take what I want and get what's mine. Shepherds were rejects, societal rejects. And God says, but I want you to be the first ones to shine my light. And I wonder how many of us in this room think God can't use me. I'm not important to God. I'm just, a lo- I'm just lowly. I can barely pay my bills. I've got more months than I have money at the end of the month. And I don't know what's going to happen. And I don't know how it's going to work. And, and I've got in-laws that are sick. And things aren't going right. And I wonder how many of us think that because we feel like a low life or because we think we have problems, we don't think we're good enough to share the love of Jesus with somebody. That's a lie. That's a lie straight from Satan. Because he wants you to become unplugged and not share your light, right? Let me me speak just for a moment to mom and dad. Mom and dad, your first job as a parent is to grow your children in the admonition and the love of Jesus. That's your primary job. It's not to see to it that they get a good education. It's not to see to it that they become some great athlete. It's not anything other than your children loving Jesus. That's the primary role. Now, at some point, they become adults, and they have to choose for themselves. That's ultimately, that's their decision. But your job, while they're under your roof, is not to say, it's too hard to get them out of bed. Who's the parent? Right? I don't want to fight with them. Get their rear ends out of bed and get them loving God. You know, it was said David Wilkerson was a pastor in New York City, and he's, he's passed away. Uh, he passed away uh, several years ago. But David Wilkerson, a, a pastor in New York, says he said in all of his years of pastoring and meeting millions and talking to millions and millions of people and generation after generation after generation, in one of his books, he said this is what he's found. He said the first generation knows God. The second generation knows of God, and the third generation 
doesn't know God at all. The first generation, the grandparents have a relationship with Jesus. Jesus matters to them. And so grandma's always at church, and grandma's always doing stuff for the church. And I don't understand why mom's always doing stuff for the church. And so I'm not going to church because mom and dad made me go to church, and so I don't want to go. And so what happens is you know of God, and your kids will not know God at all. Think about that. He says, in all of his years in New York City, this is what he's found to be consistently true with families. Over and over and over again. And so I wonder if we start thinking about shining the light, if we're not supposed to first start in our families, so that on Christmas morning when we get up, we read the Bible story, we talk about why am I giving gifts Right? Why am I giving gifts? Because it's a reminder of the gift that was given to us 2,000 years ago. That's why we give. Yes, we give because we love. But why was Jesus given? Because God so loved. It's all based in love. It's all a reminder of Jesus. And I don't want to get too deep on you this morning, but why do you place a gift underneath the tree? A tree that never loses its leaves. It's extremely symbolic. Jesus was crucified on a tree, given as a gift that will never die. It's all extremely symbolic, very deeply symbolic. And so as you gather around the tree on Christmas morning and you make a mess on the floor and things are going on, you're living out Christmas Christ Mass, Christ the celebration, Christ the party. Mass also has another definition, and that is gift. Christ the gift, or Christ the party. Yeah, you're supposed to party over Jesus. It's okay to party over Jesus, right? So our part is to shine the light of Jesus. If you, if you call yourself a child of God and you say, I'm plugged into God, then part of your job is to shine. Part of your job is to let your light shine. And they go out. And verse 18 tells us that as the shepherds went out from Bethlehem to share the story, it says that people were amazed. They were in wonder. They were like, oh my gosh, are you serious? And they were surprised. And it was it was overwhelming, and they couldn't believe, is our Messiah really here? The one that's going to overthrow the Roman Empire and make Israel the world's power? Is he really here? But you know what the verse 18 doesn't tell us? It never once tells us they believed the shepherds. It says they were amazed. You see, there's a difference between being amazed and believing. God's desire is that we move from being amazed at what he does and believing in who he is. There's a difference. I can be amazed at miracles God does in my life, and I can be amazed at the miracles that God does around me, and I can be amazed at his handiwork in nature, and I can be amazed at all of the wonderful things that God does. But if I don't believe in a relationship with Jesus Christ, my amazement doesn't matter. And verse 18 never tells us that people believe the shepherds or ever believed at all. It simply says they were amazed. And God's desire is that we would move from amazement. I feel so close to God when I'm in nature. Like, I hear people say that all the time. And I do too. I mean, I, I love to backpack. And so I do feel close to God. But just because I feel close to God doesn't mean I am close to God. 
That was, yes, thank you. Just because I'm amazed at God doesn't mean that I have a relationship with God. Because sometimes in my relationship, I'm amazed. And sometimes in my relationship, I'm like, ouch, that hurt. But I'm willing to do it because we love one another and we're working through things. And have you ever noticed, have you ever noticed when Jesus calls these low-life people to be the first light of Jesus, have you ever noticed how light just spreads? We have in our house, we have like eight Christmas trees in our house, all right? I, I go a little overboard at Christmas. And so you'll never know it driving by the house, but if you walk inside, there's light. And there's so many Christmas trees and so many lights in our house that you could turn off all the actual regular lights and the house is lit from these little tiny bulbs all over the place. You can walk through our house and never have to turn a light on if the trees are all on. Why? Because light illuminates things. Light helps you to see. Light helps you to to know where things are at so you're not stumbling on your uh, on the stuff that's on the ground or tripping over things. And if you ever noticed when somebody flips a light on and you've been asleep, right? Like my wife, hey, like I, when I wake up, I'm awake. I'm like, boop, I'm awake. Somebody flipped my switch and I'm ready to go. My wife, she's like an old crank car. Like you got to, my wife, when she gets, she's like crank, she crank, I got to, you crank Lynn for like a half hour. Come on, honey, you can get out of bed. Let's go, let's go. I'm, you know, and, uh, and so she hates me if I ever beat her up in the morning because I'm like, boop, light on, right? She's like, stop it. I had a, I had a friend of mine, uh, in my, I shared my, in my dorm room in college, and he, he would come in at all hours of the night. And I, I remember one night specifically, I had an anatomy and physiology test in our lab the next morning, and I think the class was like at 8 o'clock or 7.30 or some, you know, for a college person, it was like, does this part of the morning even exist, right? And so I was studying and cramming all night. I had to memorize every single bone of the body. I had to remember every hole in the bone and the crevices in the bones, and I had to memorize all of this stuff on the skeletal structure. And so, and I couldn't have a piece of paper to help me. I had to know it all. And every bone, everything, and I remember just like, cramming and studying. Hey, Tyson, we're going to go to the gym and shoot some hoops. I can't go. I got to study. I got to cram, right? I got to, and I'm cramming and I'm studying and I'm, I'm, I'm memorizing. And my roommate, Jason, wherever he is, the last time I saw him, he was a mall cop at Circle Center Mall. But um, he, he was, he was from Canada. And like, eh, was like, that was like their word, right? And I'm not even going to try to imitate it. See, you thought I was going to do that. I'm not going to. But he was a big hockey guy, and he had friends who were on the Fort Wayne Comets. And so the night that I'm cramming, he's like, hey, I'm going up to visit some of my buddies in Fort Wayne, and da 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 And I'm like, okay. And somewhere about 2 in the morning, I get on our dorm window. We were on the ground floor. Hey. I'm like, what, what is that? He's like, let me in. <laughs> I'm like, I should make you call the RA or whatever this dude is and you get written up because it's two in the morning and I have, I have like a test in like five hours that I just went to bed an hour ago and I'm, you know, and so I get up and I let him in and I go back to bed. I turn the lights on or whatever. And what's he do? He cranks the radio and flips the light on. I'm like, what are you doing? 
I have a test. You can't be doing this. I didn't like light. Light was bad. Light, light ruined everything. Right? How many of you know that? Like when you're tired and you're asleep and somebody turns a light on. You married people quit looking at each other. All right? It's horrible. It's horrible. But Jesus says in John chapter 12, verse 46, he says, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. You know one of the reasons why I don't like light in the morning? It's not pretty when I go to the mirror. It's not. The hair's messed up. Now that I have a beard, it's like all weird and stuff. And it just doesn't work in the morning. And then I have to get up and I have to look at that in the mirror. The problem when Jesus walks into our life and he sheds light, all of a sudden we see things about ourselves that we don't like. We don't want to see it. We're like, oh, just turn the light off. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to read my Bible. I don't want to, because I start seeing stuff about myself that I don't like, right? And God comes in and he turns the light on. Jesus shows up and he turns the light on the world. And he goes, let me tell you how the human race has been acting and let me show you how you should really be. And we don't like it because it's tough. It's difficult. But God uses shepherds to flip the light on. And some of us in here today, we're shepherds. And God has called us to share Jesus with others. He's called us to share Jesus with our families, to raise our children in the love and the admonition of God and that they would grow and they would love Jesus and have a personal relationship with Jesus. Right? But then there's another group of people. You see, the shepherds, Without Jesus, it's going about their business. They're smelling like sheep, sleeping with sheep, outcast, nothing. All right, they just, they just. Jesus shows up, they believe, they accept it, and they go tell others, and things change. So if shepherds have this reputation, why does the 23rd Psalm start out, the Lord is my shepherd? Think about that for a minute. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. The Lord is my shepherd. David says that most people will look at my Lord and not even consider him. He's not worth their time. He's not worth their energy or their effort. You know what? I'd rather go Christmas shopping than have to go spend time with that person with Jesus. I'd rather go do whatever else than spend time with Jesus. David says in the 23rd Psalm, my Lord, he's a shepherd and he's an outcast because people really don't want him because when he shows up on the scene, he sheds light on stuff and love and brings us back. But Jesus says this. Jesus says this about himself in, jo- uh, in Luke, in Luke chapter 15, verses five and six. He says, Talking about, Jesus talks about himself as being a shepherd. And he says, when he finds it, talking about a sheep, a lost sheep, a sheep that's not a part of his fold. He says, when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Jesus says of himself, he says, you know what, I'm a shepherd. And I care for things. And I care for sheep that aren't connected to me. And so I'm going to go out and I'm going to find a sheep somewhere 
and I'm going to find this sheep and I'm going to put it on my shoulder and I'm going to take it home because a shepherd would take a sheep, put it over his shoulder and go home with it. Y'all thought I had a real sheep, didn't you? Right? I'm not that brave. And the shepherd would carry the sheep, grab both legs and walk home with it and care for it. And he would get the sheep and he'd bring it to the pen and he'd take the sheep and he'd set it in the pen right there and keep it protected and keep it watched over and guarded, right? Think about what Jesus said. He says, if you're not in my fold and not in my flock, I find joy in grabbing you, putting you over my shoulder and setting you in my pen and bringing you into the family. You know what he just said? God finds joy in having a relationship with you. God finds joy in having a relationship with you. Think about that this Christmas season. You want to make God really happy? Have a relationship with him. Talk to him. Let him talk to you. Open up in prayer. Open up in scripture reading. If you can't understand King James, go get yourself a version of the Bible that you can understand. Start reading in the book of Luke or the book of John. Start reading 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. Don't ever start reading the Bible and like a regular book and start in Genesis and then just start reading it. Okay, it's not. It, this is an encyclopedia set. This is a library of books. And so start with 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John and then go to Luke or Mark. But Jesus says this in John. This is extremely powerful. I want you to get this this morning. In John chapter 10, verses 9 and 11, he's talking again about himself as a shepherd. And he says this. He says, I am the gate. And whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Now when we read that, we often interpret Jesus saying, I lay down my life for my sheep. We, in our culture, say, oh, that's the cross. Jesus laid down his life on the cross. Now that's true. And it is certainly what that means. But in their ears, they had an, it had another meaning. You see, shepherds in those days, they had a fence like this where they kept their flock. Right? And the interesting thing about their fence, and their fence might be made of stone or, or wood or whatever they could find to pin their sheep up at night to keep the coyotes and the bears, lions, whatever away. But their fence had no gate. No gate on this fence. And so Jesus says, I lay down my life. Jesus also made another comment. He says, you cannot get into this pen unless you first come through me. Anybody in that culture would have understood the reason there's no gate on their fences is because the shepherd himself is the gate. And so when the shepherd has to sleep, he gets down like this. He is the gate. And the shepherd would sleep right here. And nothing could get to his sheep unless it first came 
to him. Think about that for a minute. Here's the shepherd saying, there's no lion getting through. There's no coyotes getting through. There's nothing getting to you until it first gets through me. And so all of the things that you've ever had to go through, all of the stuff that you've ever had to fight, Jesus says, it first comes through me. And what we ought to be doing is praising God for all the stuff that we don't know about that's never hit our lives, we've never had to deal with. Because he stopped it from getting in the pen. And he says, if it gets in the pen to my sheep, it's because it had to come through me first. And so I lay down my life. I lay down my life to protect my sheep. I am the gate. And so when the shepherd then hears a sheep outside the gate, bang in the middle of the night, he grabs it and he says, come on, let's go get in the fence and stay. And so you might be here this morning and you might be, I feel so stinking low, roaches won't even live with me. Or you might feel so high that pilots can't go that high. But wherever you're at, Jesus says, I am the gate. And when you're in this, you're protected. But how many of us choose to live out there? Jesus is like, I can't, I have to protect these. I will come and get you. But if you start running away from me when I come to you, I can't bring you into the fold. And so the decision is ours. Will I this Christmas choose to say, you know what, Jesus, I want to be a part of the family. I want in the fold. Or we choose to keep living outside the fence. Because Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd and I am the gate. I am the door. And nothing will get to you unless I choose to let it. You know, they say a lot of times, they say, God will not give you more than you can handle. Well, that's not even in the Bible. That comes from Greek mythology. The original saying is that Zeus will never give you more than you can handle. God will allow you to have things in your life that you can't handle. You know why? It was never about your power or your ability anyway. It's about his. And the more you learn to rely on the shepherd, as David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want he makes me lie down. Who, who makes you lie down? You don't choose. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. It's him that guides and maneuvers your life. He says, the reason that I let things in that you don't think you can handle is because you can't handle them. You need to learn to rely on my power and my ability But just know this, that if you're inside the fence and things have to come through me and it gets to you, it's because I'm here and I know I can get you through this. So whatever you're struggling with this Christmas, whether it's a loved one that's passed away or whether it's something that you never thought you'd have to handle, God says it came through me first and if you rely on me, I'll get you through this. You might be a single mom that doesn't know where the presents are coming from. You might be a single dad wishing you could see your kids. I don't know. But Jesus says, you're going to get through this by my power. It isn't, it isn't 
Zeus will never give you more than you can handle. That's not even biblical. The Bible says that it's Christ and Christ alone. It's Christ and Christ alone that gets us through. And so there are two types of people in this world. There are those who are plugged in, and then there are those who aren't. You see, if you're not, if you're not plugged into Jesus, then, then you say things like, what's wrong with this world? This world's going to hell in a handbasket, and nothing makes sense, and I don't know where all this is headed, and it's just a big catastrophe, and we just keep getting worse. But once you plug in, you realize, wait a minute, Jesus said the world would get worse. Jesus said that things were going to go downhill. But Jesus said in the middle of it, he wants me to be a light. He wants me to shine. The shepherds had that choice. Now, verse 18 never tells us that people believed the shepherds. It says they were amazed. But the ones inside the pen, they're the ones that are letting their light shine, saying, look, life is good. Yes, things come to me that I can't handle, but I have Jesus, and I can rely on him. He might send people into my life to help me. He might do some miracle. He might do whatever, but I'm in the pen. And then there are those people that are out there. My question to you this morning is this. Where do you want to be this Christmas? Let's stand up. If you're here this morning and you've never accepted Jesus, say, Tyson, I I don't know that I'm fully plugged into God. I may still be out here not letting my light shine. I want to invite you this morning to make that decision to step into the fold. That when Christ comes to you and puts you on his shoulder, don't take off running, don't kick, don't scream. Walk into the light. Accept the light. I'm going to ask Aaron and Lori to come down on this side and I'm going to ask uh, Steve and Bonnie to come down on this side. And as we get ready and close. We're going to close a little differently this morning, but I'm going to pray. And when I'm done praying, we're going to sing Silent Night. Give me a few verses of Silent Night. And as we sing Silent Night, if you're here and you need prayer for anything, I want you to come forward. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity to go out today with our families. Lord, we have family members that aren't even in the gate. Lord, they are roaming. Their light's not shining. And because their light's not shining, other people can't shine and experience your goodness. So, Lord, we want to lift them up to you right now in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we want to ask you to give us the words to say, give us the way to act around them, to invite them into your kingdom, to be a part of your family. Lord, I lift up every person that's here this morning that maybe they don't know you as Lord and Savior. Maybe they don't know you and have a relationship with you. Jesus, you said while you were on earth that you find joy in connecting with us and having a relationship with us. Lord, we'll never understand. There's not a concert, a game, or an event that will ever bring joy the way you bring joy. And so, Lord, I ask that you would touch those people's hearts. If that's you this morning and you want to accept Christ or you need prayer for anything, I want you to come forward. 
whatever prayer that might be as we sing out Silent Night.